What's going on, guys? AJ here bringing you yet another episode of the E1B2 Collective Podcast. So what I'm going to do right now, actually, is something that I typically do when I prepare for speaking events. I go through a test run. Um, I want to see how I kind of just roll with it. I want to look at the time. I want to look at the 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 ability to come up with ad hoc thoughts, thoughts on the spot, slash, um, I want to see kind of how I'm organizing my thoughts and how I'm... Uh, providing detail with energy, with, with depth, with, with all these things. So um, I'm going to do a, a, a kind of a, a little bit of a, uh, what do we want to call it? A little bit of a test run, if you will, to see how I, I kind of do. Uh, the event is called we, uh, The we- Weekends at Bernie's, or Weekdays at Bernie's, actually, like a play on the movie Weekends at Bernie's, which was a great movie, by the way, objectively. Um, and uh, it's in Nashville. I'm excited. And um and and I think for me, why I'm excited is because this is going to be one of the first times I'm actually doing something live in person, um, which is interesting because um, it comes with, with 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 its own level of nerves and um, other energies. But we're also going to be shooting a podcast, hopefully then. But I'm but what I'm hearing is the dates may be different, so I got to figure that out. But. You know, long story short, great opportunity. Now, weekdays at Bernie's, DE&I is going to be the topic. Obviously, you, you folks know who I am. I have a little bit of a different take on DE&I, which I think uh, was attractive to them. And uh, yeah, let's let's give it a go. Literally, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of do like a literal test run of like how I'll do it. So please uh, forgive me for the awkwardness if, if it sounds like I'm kind of um, acting, if you will. But uh, I am. So let's try this now. Hello, my name is Anthony, and uh, I'm kind of nervous, so I'd like to kind of start out and be honest about that. You know, since since we've been in the pandemic, there's been so much that's been different. And for me, I've always been typically used to remote work and remote settings and keynotes and fireside chats, etc. But but one thing that has been very, very interesting for me is the fact that I've literally not seen humans in two years. And, and I think just on a completely different level, you know, that's probably not the greatest thing for a guy like me personally, because I, I thrive so much off of the energy. I'm, I'm thriving so much off of beautiful faces and smiles, and, and I'm thriving so much off of um, being able to interact um, in person. But but I think, you know, I've, I've navigated the remote world. So the reason why I'm a bit nervous today is this is one of the first times, again, in the last two plus years that I've had the honor and the privilege to be around humans in real life. So please pardon me if I stumble, um, if I go on these wild um, Kanye West-esque rants, if you will, and um, just follow along with me because what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to bring a lot of value when it comes to DE&I, when it comes to perspectives, and, and when it comes to just really tangibly making a difference and having some pretty impactful uh, takeaways. So let's, uh, let's dive right in. My background. We all want to know who is this guy standing up here, right? He looks kind of good. Nice little haircut, whatever the case is going to be. Dressed to the T. Who is this young character? Um, my name is Anthony Vaughn. How it all started for me, personally, I'll give you kind of the expedited story. How it all started for me is uh, I spent a lot of time at the university level playing football and doing other things. And I excelled at that level to the degree where I was able to get scholarships and play at a pretty high level. And so... I met a few Under Armour executives along my journey. And through that process, for whatever reason, and I still can't tell you why, 
um, I felt that IMG, which was an academy for American football players and soccer players, they would take high school players and, 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 and train them and, and feed them the best nutrients in the world and have them living on campus year round. And um, I love that model. And since I was an athlete, I said to myself, why, why, why don't we have places like that as football players? We can go and train all year round whether it's academic training, whether it's psychological training, like literally like Tony Robbins-esque type variables um, and just mental just framing. Um, and then obviously being on the field, the physical elements of it, psychological elements of the sport game, of the football game. And uh, I put a business model together that was very similar to an IMG. Under Armour tagged along. Next thing you know, I'm looking at a company. I'm looking at 60 full-time employees. I'm looking at millions in revenue. And I'm looking at a business model that was very exciting. But I was also looking in the mirror and I was seeing a 20 year old kid, right? I'm now 32. Um, and so when I was looking at that, and let me pause myself, I'm still very much of a kid. So let's just all be honest here. Um, but, um, you know, I'm looking at myself and I'm looking at this young, young man and, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell did I just get myself into? I'm managing an organization. I'm dealing with complex strategies from a partnership and business model and marketing perspective, while I'm also dealing with like internal HR operation people variables that I've never dealt with before. Folks, you got to remember, I literally had a job at Burger King 18 months prior, quite literally where I was fired. And I think I got fired from a pizzeria and like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so to speed this story up, I built that brand. I made one big crucial mistake. I did not understand how to deal with people from a leadership, strategic, DEI, people operations perspective. I didn't understand what it meant to be inclusive. I didn't want to understand what it meant to be equitable. I didn't understand how what it meant to truly dive into those that work with you and really intimately understand them and be an empath. I didn't understand how to do that. And so to speed this story up a bit more, because this is gonna the rest of my background is gonna roll downhill after this last statement. There was a phenomenal employee partner that was in the organization. He came to me very politely and said, what am I doing? What, where's my positioning in this company equity wise? Where's my positioning in this company strategically wise? Where, where am I going? And inevitably what he found out is the worth and the impact that he had to the organization was tremendous. And I needed him. And when you need an employee in a business, when you think about diversity or you think about inclusivity or you think about equity or you think about just at a very traditional level, making sure that person feels recognized, you have to really think about what you're going to do around that. And I didn't think about that. And so I didn't have an answer for it. And so every single week he would bring up the same question and every single week I would get more and more irritated and give him different answers. So here's the punchline. Long, long, long story short, this gentleman walked out of my organization. And when he walked out of my organization, the entire business crumbled in days. Let's do an awkward pause for a minute. Let's, let's, uh, let's congratulate me for the, the, the ignorance right, that I had, the lack of um, respect for, for who he wanted to be and what he wanted to do, the, the lack of inclusivity, the lack of equ equitable experiences that I was trying to create. Right? And so when he walked out of the organization, Here's the rest of the downhill story. I found myself Googling a bunch of things, right? And let me just use the word shit because I Googled a lot of, I, I had no idea how I stumbled upon DE&I, um, neuroscience, strategic people operations, 
EQ, empathy, um, human behavior. I, mean, I was just going into these rabbit holes. And next thing you know, to speed the story up, finally, I apologize, seven minutes later, um, I found myself as the founder of another brand, studying three hours a day of all things, people, operations, and human behavior and leadership and whatever the case is going to be. Um, and then I found myself as the head of people inside a few organizations. And I brought all my notes and my perspectives and my learnings, and I tried to apply them in those brands. Next thing you know, six years later, I'm looking at a pandemic. I'm furloughed. So now, follow with me here. I'm a five-year founder of multiple six- and seven-figure brands. I'm a five-year-plus internal head of people strategist sitting between the CEO and the COO. Now I'm looking at a pandemic. I'm looking at my life. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm all the feelings that we all felt. And then on top of that, I'm also hungry. I'm hungry because... Now I have an opportunity to make a a real change and impact and do something different. So I told myself, if I was going to be exiting the pandemic at some point and going back into the traditional workforce, I would want to do that in this particular medium of people ops at a much stronger and strategic level. And so I built out the E1B2 Collective, employees first, business second, and uh, the rest is history. So you know, I've been speaking, I've been writing, um, I've built brands. And so I'm someone that I, I per, you know, I, I always tell people that they should love themselves. So I'll make a loving myself moment. I respect me and I love me for the fact that this world is so important for me from, from such a simplistic, basic narrative. I lost the business because I did not take this world seriously. And I'm, I'm in a position in my life personally where I think the way that I make my monies in life will always have this world baked into it. And when I get, when again, when I say this world, I'm talking about I will always respect various points of views and ways of working styles and backgrounds and colors and genders from a diversity perspective. I will always make things equitable and fair and simple and clean across the board operationally and, 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 and emotionally. And then when it comes to inclusivity, I will always do the best that I can to really understand and try to individualize experiences at a micro level. It's something that I care a lot about and it's something I want to try to pull off. And so moving beyond that, my name is Anthony Vaughn. I am 32. I am a hybrid, a little bit of DE&I, a little bit of people ops, a little bit of psychology, you know, a little bit of just a founder and operator and I'm excited to talk to you about a few different things today. And um, I'm a little rough around the edges. I'm very scrappy. I'm very raw. But I have a lot of, I think, good to say. And I'm trying to help. And so hopefully you'll let me help you today. And I'll provide a few tactics, a few tools, a few perspectives and scenarios. And uh, we'll make the best of it. So let me start this way. Hold on. This is going to be me normally now cutting to a quick edit because I have to make a text. Um, One second. So I'm sorry about that. I had to make a little text there. But anyway, back to the keynote. So first topic, I want to talk about Beyond Brand. Beyond brand as a brand that I have, an organization that I have, but I don't want to talk about that directly. I want to talk about the psychology of going behind the brand. And I want to talk about how DE&I and hiring from a beyond the brand perspective can make a really big impact. So when you think about, when you think about DE&I, when you think about hiring, 
the importance of transparency during the hiring process is something that I just I do not think enough organizations are thinking about. When you think about being transparent and honest, it's not only being transparent and diving into transparency to understand more about the, the complexities and the diversity and the nuance of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the applicant. Sorry about that. Um, but you're also being transparent and honest about divulging operational secrets, operational realities, operational norms, um, emotional psychology realities of your leaders in, internally. There's a lot there. And organizations are not doing a good enough job thinking about that. They're not doing a good enough job thinking about that. They're not doing a good enough job living into transparency. They're not doing a good enough job collecting data around the diversity and the, the, the various elements of the applicants. They're not teaching their hiring managers and the recruiters to dive deep and create the even the screening calls and the hiring moments inclusive and, 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 and equitable and safe and, and loving and, and, and detailed and empathetic. Like these things are not happening. And so I want to talk about a process. I want to talk about a, a few tactics that I know for a fact will work. And let's dive right in. So I stumbled upon a reality one day, a reality for me that I think most people know. We suck as operators, as, as heads of people, as organizations when it comes to sharing true, true, true detail and operational realities to an organization during the hiring process, early in the hiring process, right? This is what we do. Let's, let's, let's get a little comfortable. Let me, let me take my jacket. Let me get comfortable here. Organizations, this is objective. And if anyone wants to have a debate, I'm ready to have it. Um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, quite seriously, we as organizations do everything in our power subconsciously and some organizations consciously to protect ourselves. We want to come off the best. We want to sound the best. We want to look the best. We want to look like we have everything figured out. And what we want to do also is we want to be so selfish about the type of human or the type of person that we want to bring into the organization that we don't have equity baked into our hiring systems. And we don't have inclusive hiring managers that know, know and understand how to go deep and how to extract data that is contextual to that person and make sure that data can actually match up against the potential opportunities that are inside the orgs, right? So it's not equitable. It's not inclusive. We're not doing a good job being transparent and honest ourselves. We're not doing a good enough job respecting the, the diverse realities of the applicants. So we're all just effed across the board, in my opinion, right? So I decided to try to fix that problem. And I came up with something that is very simple, and that's just one element of the problem. So I looked in the employer branding space, and I said, nah, no, can't do that. We're not going to play that. We're not going to play that PR game. We're not going to play the commercial game. We're not a movie studio. We're not going to play that game, right? What we're going to do in 2022 is we're going to just talk about the real shit in our companies. We're going to talk about all the things that make us who we are. We're going to talk about how we make decisions. We're going to talk about KPR, KPIs and OKRs. We're going to talk about career mapping re realistically. We're going to talk about how if we're bringing in a copywriter, we're going to talk about the real and honest trajectory of that copywriter, of that copywriter over the next 18 months of their time here at this organization, what opportunities are here, what learning and development programs we have, what, 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 what flexibilities and ranges, diversity, of those programs. We're going to be talking about the realistic personalities of the, of the supervisor 
for that person. We're going to talk about how that individual looks at learning and development and coaching and feedback and all these things. We're going to talk about a lot of, you know, we're going to talk about workflows. We're going to talk about how, what, what quality looks like for this role in the first 90 days. We're going to get deep. And when we get deep, we're going to give the, the applicants for the first time ever, in my humble opinion, we're going to give them information and access to the real shit day to day that makes the company work, that makes the company run, that makes the company successful. And that also gives the applicants an opportunity to learn a little bit more about who they are, right? Because when you're going through this process, listening to this content, if you're an applicant, you have to ask yourself, how do I feel about that? You have to analyze your gut, analyze your, your, your own realities and your own operational truths, right? And so for the first time, in my personal opinion, you have to really figure out, really, really, really figure, figure out if the organization and you as the applicant are going to actually match. So you're making an equitable and inclusive and an honest and transparent moment that has never happened in my personal opinion, right? And so we sit down and we, and we talk to the interviewers and we talk to the supervisors and the managers and we extract these realities and truths and we get this content in video form and audio form to the applicants early in the process before they even get to interview one, two, three, four, or whatever the case is going to be, post-screening calls, right? And so for me, that in itself, I know for a fact every person in this audience can do. You can have a head of people. You can have a head of talent. You can have someone internally that is stewarding the strategic hiring and strategic roadmap for the people. And you can put them in place. You can put them in order. You can put them in a situation where they can be honest, they can be clear, and they can push the managers and the leaders to be honest and clear. You can put them in a position of power. You can create video content that's honest and true. Talk about the bad shit. Talk about the things that are fucked up. Talk about the processes you don't have quite figured out yet. Talk about your true emotional perspective on what the hell is happening right now. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about the thing. Talk about why you had to let go two previous people that you tried to fill this role for because of the psychological differences and the decision making differences. And talk about the reason why you're a little bit more micromanaging of this role based off of things that happened prior, but based off of who you are truly, that will relinquish once you see X, Y, and Z get accomplished. And give the applicant a final opportunity to hear from their supervisor, am I going to blend well with this personality right now in my life? Right now with me getting married and, and having a kid soon and the level of pressures and stress that I want to have in my day-to-day work life connected to what I want to have in my day-to-day personal life, I want to analyze what I want to do about that, how I want to experience my work. So these are questions that we don't ask ourselves, and these are questions that organizations do not bring up. So in my personal opinion, this is one way we can take DE&I and bake it into the organization during the hiring moments. So thank you, and we'll talk soon. So that'll probably be like the first section of the, the keynote. I'm already at 20 minutes, which is good. So if I can do 20 minutes for each section, I'll get an hour knocked out. So that was a, and I probably would have gone deeper, but that was a test run. Love you all. Appreciate you dealing with this. And as always, there was something for you to learn and take away. So enjoy.